I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap, that's Creole for something extra. The Roxbury International Film Festival is back for its 25th year. Roxfest, as it's known, is the largest New England film festival that highlights films by, for, and about people of color. This year's program includes 84 films, features, and documentaries, with topics ranging from unsung heroes to Boston's black queer representation. The festival runs from June 20th to July 2nd, with both in-person and online events scheduled throughout Boston. Joining me now, Lisa Simmons, Artistic and Executive Director of the Roxbury International Film Festival. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you so much, Callie. It is great to be back. Also with me, Bianca Isaac, producer, writer, and director of the festival's opening film, The Honeymoon. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Callie. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to have you. Well, Lisa, you did it. Silver anniversary. How do you feel? You know, I mean, people talk about how, you know, amazing this is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it's just another festival. But when you just said that, the 25th anniversary, it's it's, it's amazing. It is, it is a true celebration, right? It's a true celebration for Boston, for the filmmakers, for the the committee and the staff who who helped put it together. So uh, it feels great. It really does. It feels great to to reach this milestone. Well, I don't know how you're forgetting that it's 25 years. You started celebrating in January. <laughs> screening films. I know, but this is a big one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've been screening films since January. I was a part of one of those screenings, The Rebellious Life of Rosa Parks, back in February, and it was fabulous. Um, you've just brought so much variety in the film content to this festival, which, of course, is the goal. Why don't you talk about how you do it? Oh, wow. You know, I mean, it starts with the films, right, and the filmmakers submitting their films to the festival. And, and you know, for each one of us who are who's on the film you know, committee looking at these films, we're all learning something new every year. We're being entertained. You know, we're we're being pushed to to uh, you know on, on these provocative documentaries. We're being we're we're learning about different individuals. So, you know, it really is sort of like a puzzle to put it all together and and really look for things that we know our audience is going to be like, wow, I didn't know that, or or push them to think, really, Should, is that is that really the way that is, and um and and get people really you know excited about you know fun. In, in incredible, entertaining documentaries like like The Honeymoon, actually. Is there a theme? Sometimes, you know, you pick all your films. They're all, as you said, many variations on a theme, actually, uh, because they're different subject matter, um, different formats. But there appears just kind of naturally some commonalities around the stories. Did you find that this year? We did. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I think one of the biggest things we're all facing right now, you know, at this time is mental health and, you know, supporting mental health. And, you know, I think one of the things in the black community, particularly, it's not something that we really talk about. So um, I'm, we were really happy to have just a bunch of bunch of narrative films and even doc films that are really looking at this issue and and sort of like giving people the opportunity to say it's okay, right? It's okay 
to not be okay and here are people to help so that to me is really exciting that people that we are talking about it that people are making films about it that they're making narrative films about it and then there's always the activism part of it right a lot of um great films around you know you know places and, and situations in time that happened in the past but uh were really you know you know never really got its due so and then of course there's always the community screenings which you know this year i think we have the largest number of local films in the festival which you know having been doing this for 25 years is incredibly exciting well, you have a great filmmaker in Bianca Isaac. Hi, Bianca, um, the director, the creator um, of uh, Honeymoon. That's the the Honeymoon, the name of your film, and it's fantastic, Bianca. Thank you, thank you so much. It's a fun film. It's lighthearted. It has great themes in it. As I said, the storytelling is fabulous. Uh, talk to us about what the film is about. So The Honeymoon is a film about sisterhood, friendship, and adventure. Um, you know, I really wanted to create a film that would explore um, our relationships we have within our friends, our female friends, and how strong those bonds are, how much we rely on those bonds, but we don't really know that until we push to that limit. But I needed to tell that story in a very commercial, fun, and light way. And I think The Honeymoon did well with that. So when one of them gets dumped the night before her wedding, her two best friends decide, well, we're going to take this opportunity to go on your honeymoon to Zanzibar, and off they go. Um, and, you know, the question that looms is, will their friendship survive this wild time in paradise? Well, the sisterhood is there, and it's so fun. I want to play a clip of, this is the night after, or the night of, uh, Katia, one of your main characters, one of the three women, she's called Kat in the film, who's been dumped. Um, and the other two friends have come together, Knox and Lou, to support her in this and to do a little, well, we won't give that away, a little something special for the guy who dumped her. And now they've gathered to have a meal together. And I love this scene uh, because it really demonstrates the, the kind of closeness that they have. So here they are eating in a diner. These burgers are the best. Mm, but they're not as good as Papa G's. That was 15 years ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it burnt down after our graduation night. Oh, I remember graduation night. Mm -hmm. James dumped Kat. Then there was a fight. No, 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 no. James and Kat were together before the barn. Huh? He had the sexy brush cut. This guy had that oily slick back. Look. Crazy Luke. <laughs> Terry. His name was Terry. Oh, Jerry, Terry! <laughs> he chose ballet over me. Um, and you punched him in the face and threatened to break his legs. Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> Mama Bear! <laughs> oh, where did that girl go? Into a minivan. No, I'm serious. I'm also serious. But you know what? We're there for each other when it matters, like tonight. I love that because they're so close and they have all of those, that, that uh, previous history. And it's so funny teasing each other um, about it. And it demonstrates that, that, that closeness that that girl, the, the, you know, the, the, the woman's friendship that is sometimes hard to even describe, but uh, you managed to capture it so well in this film. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, know I was saying to Lisa the other day that 
it's so easy for us as women within the friendship to play each other up against each other or the outside world to do that to us. And sometimes it takes a heartbreak or an achievement, something just to rally us together to show the true com camaraderie that we actually have within each other. We've got each other's backs no matter what. And, you know, as you said, they got to go have their revenge first um, before they could have some food and laugh about it. I was actually quite sad about that scene because it was quite longer and it had a lot more detail on each of those characters where we flesh it out, you know. Um, but I understand that nobody wants to sit through and watch me tell that entire story. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We learn about them and through the rest of the film. So I see I didn't know it was longer, so I, I just went with it and it was it was fabulous. Um, we should point out the obvious. You have a slight accent. You're from South Africa. Um, and your film is not only about this, the women's friendship, but um, it's set in Africa and um, the honeymoon is in Zanzibar. So it's kind of a travelogue as well. But, you know, what? what's so great about it, as, as people can hear, is it's such a universal story that's appealing on so many levels. But as I understand, it's been really um really responded to well in various places that you've screened in the in the states tell us about it yes we've gotten a really good response from the us um we premiered at path which was really cool we won the um, best a best narrative feature um and from there we found that the us um opened up in terms of screenings um we've been to washington we've been to texas um, we're going to New York and New Orleans later on. And I just find that the response has been very refreshing. Um, no one really expected a film from South Africa to come out so light and be so natural. Everyone can connect to these characters. I promise you half the audience is going to have a best friend like that or a sister like that or know somebody within their close circle. So it was really amazing to see how the U.S. market has opened their arms to us. And I, I really appreciate that. Well, I want to emphasize that because Bianca Isaac, the director um, of the film The Honeymoon, you were very intentional, actually, about making a film that had a, a quote unquote light uh, subject matter. Um, you've made other films that, that deal with heavy subjects, but for th this time, you were intentional about wanting to um, do this kind of film. Why? You know, I, w I wanted to make a glossy film that wasn't a rom-com. So um, I'm kind of liking the adventure part of filmmaking, and I'm learning that about myself, which was amazing because the characters in the story are learning about themselves in this journey, and I found that happen to me in the making of this film um, and also kind of finding my voice in the right space. So making this light film and I thought, you know, I also don't want to keep it in South Africa. I want to make it Pan-African if I could. And so given all the COVID restrictions, I mean, we shot the film during COVID, um, Zanzibar wow. opened their doors to us and we happily jetted off and had a look at the place and it just fitted in so beautifully this east african culture um this tiny island that has so much to offer and it felt like the perfect place for three girls to go get into trouble bringing a lightness into everything because our everyday lives are 
light for the most part, unless they get heavy. And when they do, they're extremely heavy. It's real issues where we have to confront each other. But I also felt that audiences did not want to watch a deep, heavy film about that because they've seen so many. So I just thought if I could combine that with a bit of adventure, some good locations and beautiful music, I uh, hope I have achieved all of those things on the list. Well, additionally to that, um, as you've said, you wanted to portray three women of color who are the, the main characters in this, not dying, not being abused. Yes, that's very important for me because often films that travel well into festivals do portray non-white women in that, um, from that point of view. Um, take away rape, take away abuse. Um, we are still three normal human beings. We're three women. And the things that I go through are the same things a person who's not of color goes through. And so it was important to show the world that Africans are different. We, we're not just bleeding hearts, please save me from a mountain. Um, you know, we, <laughs> these things happen in our lives. And I, and I wanted that to come through. Of course. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you which one of these three characters is you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, to be honest, I find a little bit of myself in each of them. Oh, that's the old filmmaker response. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to look at a little bit of myself and then bring them into those characters, but it's weird. I guess that's how you'd feel when you watch the film. You'd, you'd okay. probably find a little bit of yourself in each of them. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's true. Now, Lisa, uh, what was it about uh, The Honeymoon that made it the perfect opening night film? Wow. Um, you know, we, we've been through so much these past couple of years, as we all know. And there are plenty of films um, that really tell the story of, of what's happened to Black and brown people over the course of the last four years. And I just feel like you know, news media and, you know, even films that are coming out are, are are heavy. And I just felt like it was really important to open up the festival with joy. And um, and so, you know, the first film we're opening with is Embrace, which is the like the early evening film. Uh, mm -hmm. And then The Honeymoon. And, and, you know, we're very intentional about how we open the festival because it sets the tone for the rest of the festival. And so I think Allison and I just really felt that this was perfect, that we all needed to giggle um, and we all needed some joy and some love and some, you know, beauty because it is beautifully shot. Oh, uh, it's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Gorgeous. And, and we yeah. all want to be in Zanzibar. And I told Bianca <laughs> I'm coming. Um, and, uh, and it was just, and it was, and I think it's, you know, we are constantly trying to bring forth films that tell a different narrative, right? And this tells mm -hmm. a different story of Africa and African culture. And, um, and that's what I, that's what I, that's what I think we really liked about it. And we just felt like this is going to set the stage for how people approach the rest of the festival. So let me throw you in the Wayback Machine because you started in 1999 with 10 films, 
And here's what was going on in 1999. Hurricane Floyd, the end of the Clinton impeachment at the box office was Toy Story 2 and The Sixth Sense. Now, in terms of black cast feature films, the now classic The Best Man, Selma Lord Selma, and in documentary Stanley Nelson's The Black Press, Soldiers Without Swords. Mm -hmm. So can you even recall what your couple of your first films were of the 10 that premiered in 1999 at the first Rocks Fest? Squeeze, mm. uh, Robert Patton Spruill and Patty Moreno, mm-hmm. uh, which we are screening again this year. Uh, Unbowed, a Native American film, which everybody loved. Yeah, but again, they are films that were sort of outside the mainstream media urban drama that was really, you know, taking over the independent film space, uh, you know, for, for, for a good amount of time. And so we we're so we're sticking true to our mission, right? We are finding these films that are telling a different narrative. Uh, not that the other films are not, not, you know, worthy, but I do think it's important that we all see ourselves on the spectrum of this diaspora and the spectrum of this world and, and not just one thing that mainstream media likes to help us tell that story. Well, I think what you, both you and B- Bianca have been saying is that um, there ha- was a time and there continues to be in some arenas where it's the same story told over and over. And sometimes you tell the same story over and over well in a different way. And sometimes it just becomes that's the narrative becomes, well, that must be the only story. And the point from both of you, of course, is that, of course, it's not the only story. Here we have all these others. Um, and this is an opportunity to highlight them in a place where, you know, lots of people can see and appreciate. Exactly. So now when you fast forward from those first 10 films and now here you are, 84 films. And I guess you pointed out you could have had more, but 84 seemed right for this for this season. Um, you're now in a space where you're one of the premier festivals, certainly for uh, folks of color and for films that tell the story about folks of color. And there are some other festivals that do that kind of in your lane a little bit. Though I, I don't know that I've, you may be the only in, international one. Um, does that make the situation better um, because there's more attention overall uh, brought to these stories? What, what's been your experience or how do you look at it now from the position of where you were, you know, 25 years ago to now? Oh, oh, I think it's great. I think it's incredible that that, you know, black film has is where it is, where it's at and that filmmakers like Bianca and others have the opportunity to be in a number of festivals, to share their films, to, um, you know, to, to get distribution, which wasn't happening 25 years ago, even 20 years ago. So I, I think it's great that more people are doing screening series and more people, you know, there's more festivals that are popping up. There's festivals that are screening black and brown content that weren't doing that before. You know, I mean, for for us, as you know, Rock's Film really, you know, prides itself on being a filmmaker's festival. And so, for you know, that meaning that as many, which is why we have 84 films, um, to be given the opportunity to screen and exhibit films and give filmmakers the opportunity to be in a festival, I think is is really important to us. And I know really important to filmmakers and Bianca can speak to that. But 
Um, I think the more opportunities, the better. I, I, I just think we there aren't enough opportunities to get these stories out there. So 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 yeah. So bring it on. And we're and you know we're a collaborator, so we're always ready to be like we'll help you support that or we'll find that filmmaker. So we're excited. Bianca, do speak to that. Yes, I do. I feel like um, if anything, it also inspires you going to have filmmakers that are going to be there who will be inspired to come out and tell their story, not in a way that they see a mold, in a way that is empowering and beautiful and successful and out there without having to be restricted or put into a box. So I think it is really important. Festivals like the Boston Film Festival are important to show those voices that um, it's okay to be anything that you want to be, to tell any story that you want to be. It doesn't have to be a specific thing in a specific way because that's what's been happening all along. Well, I'm so glad to talk to both of you. I'll note for people who'll see the film on opening night, The Honeymoon, that I love the music on the credit roll which is called You're My Bestie. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect for the film. Also available on Instagram now. (laughs) I'm going to have to get that because I was like, I love this. (laughs) But anyway, thanks to both of you for talking to me. And congratulations, Lisa Simmons, on 25 years of the Roxbury International Film Festival. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for having us. And if I could just say one thing I would like for everyone to take away from watching the film is I would love for everyone to come out knowing that they should be authentically themselves, unapologetically themselves all the time. Don't back down. Lisa Simmons is the Artistic and Executive Director of the Roxbury International Film Festival, and Bianca Isaac is the producer, writer, and director of the festival's opening film, The Honeymoon. That's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our intern is Miriam Hadara. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening. 